turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. If you don't have your Bibles, that's okay. We should have it on the TV Bibles for your viewing pleasure this morning. We're going to start in verse 4. This is what it says. But God, say but God. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he has loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses he made us alive together with Christ by grace say by grace grace. you have been saved come on and he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus for by grace say by grace you have been saved through faith by grace through faith And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of of works. So that no one. So that absolutely no one. Paul says it this way. I boast when I keep my boasting in the Lord. (laughs) I can boast when I'm boasting in the Lord. But so that no man, no woman, no person can boast. In the salvation that they are walking in. That they're living in. That God has given them by grace say one more time by grace father we thank you for your word Jesus we thank you that you are the grace of God manifest in the flesh that you've come to to fill us and to empower us to live this life for you we thank you for that today and Lord I pray right now for your grace to fill this room to overflowing God to overflowing that by your grace you would start to draw all of us in unto yourself this morning enlighten the eyes of our hearts by your grace so that we know you so that we look like you so that we talk like you, so that we love like you, so that we live this life like you. In Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. Before you're seated, again, don't touch your neighbor, but say to your neighbor, we are positioned by grace. We're positioned by grace. We're positioned by grace. But good morning, church. Good morning. Well, I know it's good to to see all of you. Uh, it's so good that we're all here together. Amen. Let's continue that in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. Let's continue that. I don't want to go backwards in Jesus' name. I want to go forward. Come on. I want to forget what lies behind me and press toward the high call that I have in Christ heavenward in, in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. But look, so, man, over these, these 
past few weeks, right? Because we're gonna hop right into this message, okay? And, and what we're gonna title it is this, Positioned by Grace. Come on, say that with me. Positioned by Grace. One more time. Positioned by Grace. And so look, over the past few weeks, right, we've talked quite a bit about sin, right? Matter of fact, I think we've talked more about sin over these past few weeks than I'd preached in two years. Like, <laughs> but we've talked about it and how we've, we've all, right, done it and we've all struggled with it and... Man, we all need to be set free from it because it, right, because sin, what? It leads us to death, period. Leads us to death. It can't lead us anywhere else but to death. And, and last week, we, we did a message titled Positioned for Freedom, right? And what I talked about, one of the things I talked about, I said a lot of things in that message, but one of the things that I said in that message was that we, we can't understand freedom until we realize bondage. Right. It's so true. We can't understand freedom until we have realized, hey man, we need to be set free because we are bound by our sins and our trespasses. Yeah. So that's true, but, but, but this is also true. If we don't understand that the wages of our sin is death, if we don't understand that the wages of our sin, the sin that's in our lives, if there is unrepented sin, that the wages of those is, is death, then we'll, we won't be as excited as we should be about the grace that God has given to, to us. We, we, we won't be excited. We won't rejoice nearly enough for this grace that God has poured out all over us. If we don't realize just how bound we were. We'll never rejoice for the grace that God has sent our way. Because here, here's what we, we must understand. You and I are a portrait of grace, <laughs> literally a portrait of grace. God has created us and shaped us and molded us by grace. Say by grace, by grace. By grace. And without the grace of God, not one of us would be worthy to serve God. Not one of us. Without the grace of God, none of us would have been worthy a couple minutes ago to worship God. Without the grace of God, you and I would never experience the favor of God or the blessing of, of God. See, we've got to be a people who celebrate grace because it's by grace. Say, by grace. We have to celebrate grace, man. We, we've got to shout about grace. We, we got to dance for grace. We got to clap our hands for grace because it's by grace, say by grace, by grace, that we are saved. It's all by grace. Through faith that you and I are saved. And here's the thing, man. When we hear the word grace, when we hear that word grace, it should translate in a bunch of different ways. Matter of fact, when you try to do a Greek word study on it, it actually seems bipolar. It's all over the place. It can't decide what it wants. ADD, like this thing is, it's, it's everywhere. When, when, we, when we see the word and we hear the word grace, it should translate to us salvation. It should translate to us restoration. It should translate to us forgiven. When we hear the word grace, it should translate to us power and strength because it's, it's by grace. And without grace, we can do absolutely nothing 
for the kingdom without his grace. Matter of fact, without his grace, we are, all of us, we are, according to the words of Paul, according to the word of God. How many know the word of God is true? It's true. What it says is true. It is a light into our feet and a lamp into our path. It, It leads us into the grace of God. But the word of God says that without grace, you and I are children of God's wrath. Ugh. Not children of God, children of God's wrath without grace. See, I put it to you like this. Grace is the lifeline. It's the lifeline, man, that God tossed out to us. Tossed to humanity because humanity was drowning by its own choices. Drowning in its own sin and shame and sorrow. And so God, before the foundations of the world was formed. It's not like when Jesus showed up, grace all all of a sudden showed up. It's always been there. God is gracious. He's a gracious God. And so before the foundations of the world was formed, God threw us grace, gave us, gave us grace. It's the lifeline. It's the lifeline. But do you know what I, I find so true about people? This is what I find about us, right? Is, is most of us have what I'm going to call recognition separation software. Sounds real technical. I just made it up. Okay. Well, last night, I made it up last night. (laughs) At least I think I made it up. I didn't Google it to see if somebody else thought of it. So I'm just going to own it like it's mine. And what I mean by, by we have recognition separation software is, is this, that when we see things happening, right? When we see someone's actions, when we see what they do and we hear what they say, we recognize it and immediately and automatically we begin to separate those things. Boom, boom. And we separate it into categories and even levels. We do it all the time without even actually realizing we do it. For instance, when we're in the grocery store, if we see a couple kids, and I'm using this story because I've seen it play out. Not my kids, though. Praise God. Mine are angels. They never do nothing wrong. But we see a couple kids right in the grocery store, and one of them are kicking their mom right in the shin. Who wants to be my volunteer so I can kick him in the shin? No, I'm just kidding. But one of them's kicking mom in the shin. I've literally seen this, praise God. They're kicking their mom in the shin, and I see the other kid over here, not the same family, different kids. And this other kid's screaming at the top of his lungs and telling his mother to shut up, right? And of course, that's what we're all doing. Like, oh my gosh, that's, that's horrible, right? Like, and what we do immediately when we see that is we separate them into categories. We really do, right? We'll see the kid that just kicked his mom, and we're like, yeah, yeah that kid is real bad, right? Like that's the level. It's real bad. We maybe even seal their fate for them at five years old. Like they'll be a terrible human being when they grow up, right? Like, and then we see the kid over here that shouted at their mom to shut up and we'll look at them and we're like, eh, there may be a little hope for that little turd, but we'll pray for them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that mom should whoop up. You know what I mean? Like, but we separated. That one was really bad. And this one's, it's bad, but not as bad. And this is what we do. We separate things. You know, it's funny. I was, I was talking to someone not too long ago. And, and they started telling me, like, their life story, right, about all the way back to when they were a kid. And, 
I don't know what this is about, but I get this all the time, actually. I'm not sure if they think because I'm a pastor, like I can make them feel better about what kind of kid they were when they grew up. I'm not sure, but, but, but whatever, right? If they, they feel good by the end of it, I'm cool with it. And so anyway, they were telling me, hey, you know, this is what kind of kid I was. I was, I was like a good but sort of bad kid. This is what they said to me. And then they begin to describe, some of you are shaking your head like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, that's me. <laughs> and they begin to, to describe to me how they, were, how they would categorize themselves, right? And they said this, man, I never got drunk and I never got high and, you, you know, and I, I, I mean, I never snuck out of my house too many times. They kind of give me a wink and chuckle like they're trying to be cute, right? And then they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 I, and I, never, I never hurt anyone and I never told a big lie, but I told white lies. Just, just little white lies, which by the way, there's no such thing. Newsflash. There's no such thing. You either have lie or truth, right? Like, there is no ranking the level of lies that we tell. I'm just being honest with you. I'm gonna shoot you straight today. You guys ready for it? Yeah. But there's no separation in the levels of sin, just like there's no separation in the levels of lying. You either tell the truth or you are a liar, and you're like your father, the devil. That's what the Bible says. Anyway, <laughs> actually, I won't even tell you the story. Anyway, we'll move on. I can't tell it. <clears throat> it was really bad. It's not my finer moment, all right, I'll tell you. So <laughs> I had this, this early on in ministry, by the way. I was really green, really, really young back then. And, um, <laughs> and this family comes to me and says, hey, can you, you, you minister to my, 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 my child? I'm not a kid counselor. Like, I, sure. And this little kid comes in. He's like eight years old. He begins to tell me how he's lying to his parents. I went right to, well, you know, if you lie, you're like your father, the devil, right? <laughs> Like the Holy Ghost is like, what is wrong with you, dude? I was like, I started telling by the end of it, I was like, it's okay if you lie, it's fine. Like, I felt so bad. But there's no degree, no degrees leveling degrees of lying. We either tell facts or we say something that's false. But as I was having this conversation, it, it, it let me realize that I started to to think like, man, this is what we all do. We do this very thing. Matter of fact, I'll never forget in Bible college, right? I went to Bible college, right? After I gave my life to Jesus, go there to try to, you know, figure out what God wants me to do. But man, I was around a bunch of kids that didn't come from the same background as me. Obviously these were good kids, right? And, but boy, they were, they were aces. They were so good at separating levels of sin, man. Like, like if you drank a beer, you were demonic by nature. I'm telling you, you had a demon, right? But if you had sex outside of marriage, well, ah, it's just human nature. Like that's, they would literally separate degrees of sin and levels of it. We separate wrongdoings constantly. And we do it based off of a level system. Like this is really bad. This is bad. This is eh, sort of bad. This is like good, but teetering on bad. We we separate those things. And here's the problem with that. Be because we do that, and it's natural to do that, by the way. We all do it. But because we do that, we find ourselves in jeopardy, not fully recognizing this gift that God has given us called grace. We won't fully recognize it. Because this is, listen, this is what we do, right? We see somebody who is really bad, that we've deemed really bad. 
For instance, like me in my life BC before Christ, people would say, I was really, really bad. I was addicted to drugs. I was in and out of jail. I fought. I did all this, these bad things that I spent years of my life making up for with the different people that were in my life at that time. So years have, have now went by and me living a certain way and being a certain way to earn the trust back and, the, and all those different things that come with when we, when we sin against people. And People would deem me as really bad, which by the way, I do the same thing, so I would say the same exact thing. I was really, really bad. But what's funny is, is when I run into people, especially in the church world, other pastors, like I've been to events where I'm the keynote speaker or whatever, they'll hear my story, and at the end, they'll, they'll never fail. They'll come up to me and say, man, it's so good. You had the grace of God. Like, you had it, you know. Man, God's grace was so good for you. That's what they tell me. And I'm gonna be honest, like, as soon as they say that, I'm like, you better believe it. Praise God for it. I'm going to enjoy every minute of it. I'm going to love it. I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to rest in it. I'm going to be all up in his grace. But when I hit him back with, yeah, it's the same grace that saved you. Ooh, boy, they're confused. They look at me like I'm crazy. They're like, I wasn't as bad as you. F offended. I wasn't as bad as you. Right? I'm like, okay, dude, whatever. I'll pray for you. Right, like, this is gonna judge me. I'll start judging right back. I got no problem with it. I ain't scared. But this is, this is what we do. And here's the thing, right? Because we think there are levels of wrongdoings, we'll begin to think that there's levels of grace. That, that there takes a different level of grace to, 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 to wash one of sin or to withhold someone. See, see the Bible says God's grace is sufficient for, for everyone and every need. And actually, there's a, there's a story in Luke chapter seven where Jesus deals with this very thing. Deals with this very thing. It's about the woman with many sin, and it's not ranking like the degree of sin, but rather it is saying how many sin, that sin was prevalent in her life, that, that, that it, was, it was frequent, that it was a, a quantity of sin that was in her, her life. And see, in this story, what we find is Jesus is having a dinner with some religious leaders, okay? And this woman with many sins, right? She comes in and wrecks the whole dinner. Just literally wrecks the whole dinner. She comes in and she just falls at the feet of Jesus. And she begins to bawl. And I'm not, I'm talking ugly crying. Not the kind of crying like where you can kind of, like in worship today, you could probably think I was, had my eyes watering from the allergies. No, no, no. I'm talking ugly crying, tears falling down her face, so much so that it's wetting the feet of Jesus. It's wetting the feet of grace. And she begins to take her hair and clean off the Savior's feet. Begins to clean it with her, with her hair, rubbing his feet with ointments and oils, and just repenting before God, before grace. And, and this religious leader named Simon that invited Jesus to this to this meal. It says this, that he said to himself, <laughs> said to himself, not even out loud, because listen to me, it's God who sees the hearts of men. Yeah. It's God who reads the thoughts of people. See, when we think it, we feel it, God sees it. We're not fooling him with anything. We may fool other people, but we ain't fooling him. He, he knows it all. And so this man, it says, says to himself, well, if this man, talking about Jesus, if Jesus was a prophet, like everyone says he is, he would know that this woman is, is full of sin. 
that she's full of sin. And Jesus, it says, knowing what the man was thinking, says, hey, Simon, I got something to tell you. I'm gonna bust your bubble. <laughs> I got something to tell you. He said, there's, there's, there's this, this man, money lender, this man. He, he's got two people that owe him a lot of money. One, an extraordinary amount of money, 500 denarii. The other one owes him 50 denarii. But he wipes every debt clean. It's all gone. Both debts are finished. 500, no longer there. The 50, no longer there. And he says this, now which one do you? Not the one, I'll tell you which one. He says, no, no, I want to hear which one do you think will love him more? And the Pharisee says, well, I guess the one that, that had a lot of debt. And Jesus says, well, actually, yeah, you, you answered correctly. He said, because the one who has been forgiven much loves much. But the one that has been forgiven of little will love little. I've heard people use this, this text saying this proves the level of degrees of sin and the degrees of, of grace. But see, something that we have to understand is scripture reaffirms and confirms other scripture. It's always adding a validity to what God is saying constantly throughout the scriptures. why it's so important to be in your word, to know God's full context of his word, to meditate on it day and night so it may go well with you. So when you get to stuff like this, you're not taken back and taking it out of context and misrepresenting it. See, see what's happening here, we've got to see who Jesus is talking to. He's talking to a what? A Pharisee who studied God's word, who knows the scriptures. Matter of fact, right, in order to graduate from the school of Pharisees, in order to have a PhD as a Pharisee, you had to know God's word. You had to, to be able to quote the Pentateuch, which is a really fancy way or technical way of saying, they had to memorize the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. They had to know it by heart, quote it by heart. This is how well he knew the word. And see, Jesus knows that the man knows the word of God, and he knows this man knows that the scripture says you have to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. Jesus didn't have to quote it because he knew the man already knew it. He didn't even have to bring it up. And so in other words, Jesus is saying this, this is what he's saying here. He's not, he's not trying to, to show you degrees of, of, of levels of sin and, and grace. He's saying, you must love the Lord your God much. Not a little, but, but much. Jesus is revealing to us and to him. This is not about the level of sin because we've all sinned. We've all sinned. It's about the level of the love that we have within our hearts for God. And so Jesus is looking at me and saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can point out which one loves much because you can point out much sin in other people's lives. We're good at that. You can point out much sin in other people's lives, but I want you to be able to point out the love that you have deep within your heart for God because you understand that God has forgiven you for just as much as he forgiven this lady. This is what he's saying. But listen to me, this is really tough for us to do. So tough for us to do. And, and here's why it's so tough. We're master justifiers, which we already established that a few weeks ago. We're master justifiers. And everyone else's sin is worse than our sin. So true. 
Everyone else's is worse. Matter of fact, this is what we'll do. We'll lie and someone else will lie. And how we'll justify that our lie is okay is because we lied to protect someone. They lied to hurt someone. Way worse of a lie. No, no, they're, nope. They're both lies and they're both, they're both sin. We're really, really, we're really good at it. But this is the very mindset that the grace of God came to eradicate out of the hearts of men. He came, the grace came to fill every single one of us, to set all of us free. And the same amount of grace it took for you is the same amount of grace it took for me. And we've got to realize that it's just the grace of God and it knows no limits. See, this, this life is all about living for God. That's it. It's not about sports, even though I miss them like crazy. It's not about hunting. It's not about fishing. It's not, it's not about any of it. It's not about any of it. It's all about him. Am I saying we can't enjoy them? That's not what I'm saying. But it's all about him. And in order to live for him, we have to love him much. And we do that by grace. Say, by grace. By grace. See, we must, we must realize that we've all sinned and that all sin leads to death. All unrepented sin leads to, to death so that we realize that we are all in need of the grace of God in order to love and to live for God. It's all by grace so that we realize a lie is a lie. And whether we get drunk or we gossip, whether we fight or we argue, it's all sin and it all needs covered by the grace of God. And it will be, by the way. Amen. And it will be if we simply receive it. Paul in Ephesians chapter two, he says this, right? He says, we're all dead in our sins and our trespasses. But he establishes at the very beginning, but God, say but God but God being rich in mercy, rich in mercy, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, say by grace. By grace. But we're going to get this in our hearts today. We're going to get this word all up in our hearts, all up in our grill. By grace, you and I have been saved. And he has raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Now, I love this because what this is saying, not only are we positioned by grace, like we have the position as children, right? As sons and daughters of God, not only are we, we positioned by grace, but we are also seated by grace. Grace will stick closer to you than a brother. I'm telling you, grace will track you down. Grace will hunt you down. You wanna to try to get away from it? You can't get away from it right now because he leaves the 99 to always get the one more. This is how reckless the grace of God is and he abandons to come after us. He left his heavenly throne to come and get us, to come and show the world the grace that he has towards us. Grace will love us Grace will love us when we don't deserve to be loved, when we don't deserve it. So that in verse seven, so that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace, his abundant grace, his overwhelming grace and kindness towards us and Christ. This is talking about seated with the father. I think a lot of times God gets a really bad rap. Like he's the big bad bully. 
And Jesus kind of is like, you know, he's the bad wolf and Jesus is a shepherd protecting it. No, 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 no. No, the father's love is extravagant. His grace is, he's the one that sent the grace. It was through the father. This is talking about the father's kindness. It's talking about God's kindness towards us because never forget, it's the kindness of God that leads to repentance. It's the kindness that leads to repentance. And because God wishes for not one to perish. That's what the Bible says. He's not slow as some would deem slow to return, to come back for his people. No, no, no. He's patient, wanting not one to perish, but for all to come to repentance. So he poured out his grace all upon a broken people. He poured out his grace so that we could receive his grace and be empowered by his grace so that we could live for him by grace. For, for it's by grace, say by grace. by grace. By grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. It is the unmerited favor of God. You couldn't earn it if you were the best person on the planet. There is no earning it. Grace is a gift that God has given us, not a result of works so that not a single one of us can boast about it. Not a single one of us can pump our chest out and say, yep, we're children of God because I've done really well with my life. No, no, no. Your children, by grace. <laughs> Come on. You're followers of Jesus by grace, not because you got a corner on the market of obedience. No, no, no. It's by grace that you obey God. We're anointed by grace. We're loved by grace. We're accepted by grace. Not a single one of us was good enough to earn any of it from God. And so if we realize that, we will celebrate that. We'll rejoice for it. And it's crazy, not only for the grace that is on our lives, but also for the grace that is on other people's lives. Doesn't matter what they've done, doesn't matter where they've been. It only matters that they hear the message of grace so that God can grab them right where they are and bring them unto himself. Not only for the grace on our lives will we rejoice, but for the grace on the lives of others. Man, we are positioned by grace. Come on, stand to your feet, please. We're gonna wrap this up. So look, a couple weeks ago, the Lord started to talk to me about the times we're living in right now. Because this is unprecedented times. We are literally in unprecedented times. And, and I believe this, that it is the latter days. I'm not an end time prophet. I will never claim to be that, but I do believe it's the latter days. Because there's something to be said that when every day we wake up, we see another chapter of Revelation coming to fruition. That's what we're seeing right in front of our eyes right now. And listen, I, I would encourage you, go read it, study it. If you need help with resources, we'll help you get them, the right ones. Don't Google it, please, in Jesus' name. Don't do that. Woo. Google don't tell the truth. But we'll help you get the right resource you need to make sure you're understanding it and interpreting it the correct way. But here's the thing, man. I promise you this, man. Here in a few weeks, 
we're going into a brand new series titled The Signs of the Times. The Lord spoke it. We're going to do it. And we're going to see how nicely the Lord lays it out for us. And I don't mean nicely because there's nice things in it. I mean nicely because he spells it out very plainly for all of us to see so that we don't fall victim to it. And it's funny, you know, Reinhard Bonnke, he, he said it this way. The great, late evangelist Reinhard Bonnke. He, he said it this way. He said, you know, Jesus and the disciples said they were in the last days. So we must be in the last minutes, in the last moments, in the last seconds of the last days. No truer word has ever been spoken. So why do I say all that? Why do I say that? Because... The church needs to be about their father's business. That's what it needs to be about. Preaching and teaching the gospel of grace. The good news of grace. This better covenant that we are under now. This new covenant. Proclaiming to the nations. Proclaiming to our communities that Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. He's not angry with you. He loves you. He is not despising you. He has accepted you if you'll just come to him. We need to be declaring, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. It's real. Listen to me. Jesus is coming for his church. He's coming for his bride when without spot, blemish, or wrinkle. He's coming. And when he does, the Bible says we will be caught up into the clouds. That's going to be a cool sight, man. Either cool or real scary if you're not the people getting caught up. I promise you that. (laughs) But but here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. When Jesus comes, when he returns the second time at his second coming, grace leaves with him because judgment has now come. Grace will leave. When Jesus comes, grace goes with him. It's done. But now is the time of abundant grace right now right now. And this is what the Lord spoke to me concerning the signs of the times. He he was trying to encourage me because listen, if we focus on all that is happening around us, man, we can get real distracted by it and we can be filled with with anxiety and fear if we, we fix our eyes on it because of all the sin that we see and the demonic forces at work right now. But the Lord, what he did was he took me to Romans chapter five. See, in Romans chapter 5, what we see is this. It's the Apostle Paul. And and Paul says this. He says, through one man's disobedience, talking about Adam, because Adam sinned against God, now the many were made sinners. All have sinned now because of the... But through the one man's obedience, talking about Jesus, because, because Jesus was obedient to death, even death on the cross, now the many were made righteous through him. So now, Where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. And this is what the Lord encouraged me with, and I hope it encourages some of you today. He said, yes, sin is abounding. You can see it. Again, not trying to level or degree the type of sin, but the quantity and and the frequency and the prevalency of, of sin that is taking place. I mean, we literally are seeing things that everybody would have said wrong is wrong just five years ago, and now it's right. They're swallowing a camel and they're choking on a gnat. This is what the Bible says. This is what's happening. And so we we see it. And so he said to me this, though. He said to me, he said, hey, my word is true. My word is true. And because sin is abounding, my grace is going to abound all the more on my people. 
I'm telling you, we're about to see an outpouring of His Spirit like we've never seen before in the church. I promise you. You watch and see. By grace. We got to get that. By grace so that we, we don't think we're earning it. It's just God's grace upon us. And I prophesied Joel chapter 2. When you, when you speak the Word of God, it's prophecy. And I prophesy that the early rain and the latter rain will come in these days. That there'll be this great harvest of, of souls for the kingdom of God. That he'll pour his spirit out on all flesh. That our sons and our daughters will prophesy that old men will dream dreams and young men will see visions in Jesus' name. In the hopes of reaching just a few more for Christ. Becoming all things to all men in hopes to win just a few more. This is the greatest time to be alive. You know why? Because it's going to come with the greatest awakening of all time. God's spirit, it's going to make it very clear. I was talking to somebody the other day. I said, you know what's happening right now? Pay attention because what's happening is, is God is showing you their hands. He's showing you what they're doing, what's right, and what's wrong. It's real easy right now. There's nothing hidden. What is done in the darkness will be brought to the light. It's being brought to the light. And so we've got a choice. Who are we going to serve? Who are we going to serve? And it's all by grace. And when I say that grace is going to abound, I'm not talking about some wimpy, wampy grace that makes us feel okay with how we've been living. I'm talking about a grace that is powerful enough to bring us out of where we are living, to live the way he has called us to live. That's the type of grace that I'm praying for and believing for in every single one of our lives. The type of grace that empowers us to live according to the spirit, not according to the flesh. The kind of grace that empowers us to live according to the word of God and not the rule of the world. That type of grace, in Jesus' name, fill us with it. Father, fill us with it. It's a free gift. It's a free gift. What do you do with a gift? You receive the gift. For such a time as this, for such a people as ourselves, God is going to pour it out if we will only receive it. Come on, let's worship. Jesus. Come on, sing this out. In your presence, blind eyes are open. 